So I was at Costco yesterday. You know, I noticed there's a new look on people's face as we're one week away from Christmas. It's kind of a look that people are a little more bewildered this week before Christmas, maybe a little numb, really struggling to make decisions. You know, as you listen to some of their conversations and overhear it, it's kind of like, think Jimmy would like this? I don't, I don't know. Think we should get it? I don't know. Why don't you get it? You think you like it? I don't know. I have a new word for you that kind of encapsulates it. Maybe you've heard this before, maybe you haven't, on the screen. Holidays. That's really kind of where people are at this point. They're numb. It's been a lot. The pace has been feverish already. We're coming into the home stretch. Our minds are overloaded. Overloaded with decisions, overloaded with planning, overloaded with events, overloaded to the point that we're becoming dazed and confused. And if you don't think this is real, back in March there was an article in U.S. News Today that was entitled, The Hazards of Decision Overload. This is what the writer says. Too many choices in too short a period which can send us into a head-scratching state of decision paralysis, a phenomenon psychologists call decision fatigue. Research has found that having to make too many decisions can deplete willpower or self-control, causing you to avoid certain choices or to make ones that don't sync with your long-term goals and values. We use up glucose in the brain, and as a result, our ability to exercise self-control is weakened, which explains why we often make poor decisions later in the day, such as breaking our diet to pick out on ice cream or sending an angry email that we later regret. So there you are. There's a term for it. You don't have to make excuses anymore for your bad behavior or the things that you do or for being grumpy or any of those things. You have simply decision overload. Does that make you more comfortable in the holidays of the season? You know, the truth is, many of our decisions, many of the things that we say, many of the choices that we make in our minds this time of year have nothing to do with decision overload. They have to do with ourselves. They have to do, in fact, with our selfishness. And many times when people make up their mind for something, they can be so stubborn that they are totally unwilling to ever change that mindset, no matter what somebody says, no matter what somebody puts before them. Holding on to an idea, unwilling to yield, thinking that it is the best decision because we thought of it is a problem that we have. You know, in our series thus far, we've talked about time for our hearts and time for our spirits. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about time for our minds, that place that we make decisions. Sometimes decisions that we make in our minds and thoughts that we have can really wire us in the wrong way, and we can do things that just don't seem right. I have a pastor friend who was pastoring a smaller congregation in rural Kansas. 
And he talked about a time that the congregation had to come together and make a really difficult decision. He advised them. He said, let's come together once a week before we have to do this. Let's pray as a congregation. Let's seek God's direction in this and devote prayer time to it so that as we go forward, we know that it's the Lord's will and what we do. Well, the first week came for people to come together, and the only person that showed up, he said, was the president of the congregation. And he said to the pastor very simply, look, the people don't want to come and we don't want to pray about it. We already know what we think about these changes that we have to make. And if we pray, there's a chance that God might change our mind. Ow. You know, God does talk to our minds. He comes to speak not only to our hearts and spirits, but also to our minds, to the knowledge we have, to speak to us, because He's written Scripture in language that we can understand. He's not a God who's ethereal out there somewhere who doesn't want to communicate with us. He communicates in written language and sentences and verbs and nouns and all sorts of other things because He wants us to understand His will for us, His Word. And whether it's holidays or whether it's decision overload or whether it's stubborn arrogance, our God has a lot to say in His Word about our minds. For instance, Isaiah 26 verse 3 says this, you will keep in perfect peace whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You know, that word steadfast is an interesting word. To stand fast, to be immovable, that in our minds we are focused on the salvation we have been given by Jesus Christ. That no matter what comes to us in this world, no matter what other decisions or other things are, we know that the rock of our salvation, built on Jesus Christ our Savior, is the one true thing that holds us fast, that gives us trust in Him. Jeremiah 31-33 says this, This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. See, God is the one who puts His Word into our minds to hold us fast, who claims us, who calls us, who molds us to be His own in our lives. Paul writes in Romans 12, verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Transformation of our minds. Transformation when they are exhausted. Transformations when they want to make decisions that will lead us in bad ways. God transforms our mind through His Word transforms them to have peace and strength and trust in Him and to do His good and pleasing will. And as we heard today in Colossians 3, when Paul says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Yes, it's important that we set our minds by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
that we push out all those things that would distract us, that we realize in all of those decisions and all of the things that bombard our minds in this day and age, we need to focus on the one thing that is needful. Jesus Christ, our Savior, who came into this world. You know, the Christmas story is nonetheless a time that talks about our minds, especially as we see today in the Gospel lesson. We see such a difference in the two people who are central in this story of Mary that the Scripture says, who took all these things in and pondered them in her heart, versus Joseph, who is a guy, and we speak a lot differently than you ladies do. Maybe you never knew that. Different languages, different ways to communicate. We are people who like to fix things. We like to analyze it with our minds and come up with a solution. I know my dear wife Sarah, many times when she comes to me with a problem, I have to ask her, now honey, is this one of those problems that you want me to fix? Or do you want me to just be quiet and listen this time? It's good. She tells me, no, just be quiet and listen. Don't try to fix this. I say that because I think that's what we see in this scripture. And a lot of times, as a, as a man, we fixate on things. We are so analyzing in our minds the problem that we have to deal with that it envelops us. And a lot of times, Pastor Mark and I laugh about this all the time. We wake up at 3 in the morning. I said, you should have texted me last night. I was up too, thinking about things, wondering how to do this, wondering how to fix it, wondering how to pray for somebody the right way, how to help somebody, all those things that bombard our mind. And I think that's what we see here with Joseph today. Hear those words again. You can open your connection and look at that if you want, or you can just listen in the gospel. But it says this, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. That's what he's thinking about. That's what he's trying to analyze. That's the problem he's trying to fix. He loves Mary, and she's pregnant. It hurts his heart, sure. But he really wants to come up with a solution because he's faithful to the law. He knows it's his right to have her put to death, but that's not who he is. He cares about her. So what should he do? How is he going to analyze this? What kind of thing? And I think he's thinking about it, really, in the middle of the night because the next verse says, after he had considered this, thought it out, tried to reason it out in his mind, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. You see, Joseph had made a decision based on what he knew. He'd analyzed it, he'd worked it out, he'd come to what he was going to do. He was going to divorce Mary. And it was based on the information that he had. But he didn't have enough information. He needed more. And the angel of the Lord brings to him that word from God, the word that tells him, Joseph, look, Mary really is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph hears that. And he changes his mind. You know, how often do we need to hear that word of God for our minds in this busy season of the year? As we ponder all those things that we have to make 
decisions for as we go forward. There are family dynamics we're thinking about in our minds and how to balance it. Uncle Harry can't be with Aunt Sally, so what time would be best to have the family come? Who's going to show up here? How do I get them out of the house? We have to eat a meal here. We have to go there and eat with this person. We're analyzing those conflicts that come up and timing and obligation and our minds. Our minds are exhausted. They are not at rest, and they are not at peace. And it doesn't look like anything in this world can help us. And truly, we are people who need more information. Information that comes only from the Word of God. Information that speaks not only to our hearts and our spirits, but speaks again to our minds about what Jesus came into this world to do for us. To hear the words that speak comfort, the words that speak peace, the words that say, be still, be in my presence, know what I came for. One thing is needful, one thing is important in your mind, to know who it is that loves you unconditionally, who came into this world to save you. You know, nine centuries ago, there were words penned that we just sang as a response before the gospel lesson in the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Hear some of those words again that talk about our mind and knowledge. O come, thou wisdom from on high, who orderest all things mightily. To us the path of knowledge show and teach us in her ways to go. And then that verse we sang, O come thou dayspring from on high and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. You see, our Savior came into this world for our hearts, for our spirits, and for our minds. His coming and His words speak to all three of these things in our lives. Speak to our whole being, not just part of it, that He might be the center of our Christmas celebrations. And over the holidays or the mind overload, He brings a blanket of His peace. Peace that the Scriptures tell us surpasses our human understanding, our minds, because it's peace that comes to us in His presence. You see, that's what we celebrate, that incredible word, Emmanuel, God is with us, with us in our minds, with us in our hearts, with us in our spirits. Those words that the angels spoke to those shepherds are words that are spoken to us, for to you is born this day a Savior. One who saves us, one who comes alongside of us, one who brings that peace of his presence. You know, the chorus of that song says, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come to you, O Israel, you and me, in this time of our minds being so overloaded. Jesus brings that peace and that presence of his word. Will you pray with me?
Lord, we thank you for coming into this world to redeem us. We were lost and in darkness, and we were confused and helpless. You bring into this world your peace, and we ask that that peace would once again rest in our minds. Speak to us through your words. Speak to us through your gifts. Put our minds at rest in you, that our hope may be renewed, and that we truly may be those people to rejoice at the gift we have. You are with us through all things. We ask this in your name. Amen.